word. I'm going to fucking throw in some nicotine gum and I'll be spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to gotta get that nicotine. <sighs> yeah. It, does that nicotine gum make you nauseous at all? Uh, yes and no. You know, when I, when I chew like 100 milligrams a day, mm-hmm. yeah, I start to get a little bit sick to my stomach. Yeah. You know, my little, my little stomach. But uh, if I... Right now, I'm weaning myself off and nicotine just in general. Mm. So I've been, I've been pretty, I've been feeling pretty good the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I I tried that nicotine gum just once and I got <clears throat> sicker than shit and I haven't done it again because I chew and I was trying to do it, quit chewing, and that put an end to that really yeah. quick. No, it's it's I think it's rough when you get a little older. Like when I quit, I quit like the day or not the day, but the day I left Alaska, I was stationed in Fort Wainwright. And I drove down from there to Idaho. It was like a five-day drive. I cold right. turkey the day before I left. And somehow, that's weird to cold turkey chew at Copenhagen and go drive for five days without chewing again. Because yeah. that's just like a great time to chew. Like you're fucking driving, you know. Um, and I started Especially driving. That's like the time yeah. that you want to dip the most. Yeah. You know, just, like, I just did it. I mean, I was a little aggressive, though. I mean, I was like in my yeah. fucking tundra, just like going like 80 down through Canada, like fucking just cutting people off, getting, you know, I was just trying to get home. So I mean, yeah. it wasn't a good <laughs> good thing, but. Yeah, bad bad time to try and quit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to quit a few so times. Are we live? Are we doing this? Yeah, we're rolling, man. We're Fuck rolling. It. We're rolling. Let's do it live. All right. Let's... So what's, 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 What's mission prep? Tell me what, what that's all about. So we went through about a million different names when we were, when we decided to start this. And I mean, you've, you've been there, I'm sure starting companies and stuff. And we were trying to find a name that kind of meant something, but didn't sound like douchey as well. And yeah. And Kevin with his military background, that has a little bit to do with it, you know, um, mission preps a big part of the military from what I've under been told and then but also just like even if you're not in the military everybody has a mission whether it's raising your family or or doing your daily job whatever it is everybody's got a mission and being prepared for that is a big thing and I'm I'm big on preparedness so is Kevin and, and that's kind of a big thing too like I say it probably in half the podcast because we talk to people or we talk to people from wide ranges of backgrounds, you know, we've had on like other green berries and stuff. And why, I guess why we differ is because that is like our goal. Like everybody writes their own op order a different way. And some people can't write them on their own. They need someone to give them direction. And, right. you know, so like when we had Sean, who's right coming out with his book, we didn't really talk about his book um, or mm-hmm. the, the um, FNG Academy on YouTube we just got to know Sean, like, what are your fundamentals? You know, what's your character like? We got to know him really well. Just bullshitting about that. Cause everybody else is already talking about what he's doing. Well, if, you know what every, I mean? The, this guy, I don't know if you know who he is, but he, he went on every podcast that he could get on cause he was promoting a book. And right. I listened to a few of them leading into him coming on ours. And they all wanted to talk about his military background, what he did when he was in the military. And they were all the same. So we, tried to take it a different route with him and we barely talked about that and, yeah. but it was a really good conversation so that's what we're, we're trying to do with this because in the beginning when we we started this we still don't know what we're doing we're Fuck no. neither of us have a background in audio video none of that so we're just kind of learning as we go and in the beginning it was coming off like super interviewee and that's not what we wanted to do 
Um, so we, it's kind of, as it's progressed and we're only, this is what the 25th episode, mm-hmm. we started this in September. It's kind of been a natural progression of more of like just a, a normal conversation. Cause you could still get a lot out of a person from a normal conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. What do you guys do, uh, on your outside of podcasts? What do you guys do? Uh, professionally so i'm a i'm a truck driver i i contract with the post office and oh, okay haul mail all over the place for the post office and then raise my family and all that good stuff and then right. kevin tell them what you're about yeah i uh when i got out of the military I opened a crossfit gym did that for quite a few years uh went pretty far with that and starting a continuing education and everything else um and then but that wasn't my goal my goal was always go to school and i just got caught up in it and so I eventually right. signed it off to the other owners and then started the uh, physics program at BSU. Um, it's a five-year program. I'm knocking it out in about three years. I'll be done this fall. And then, yeah, dude, I, I, uh, that's what I'm about. I was going to get my PhD, but I really don't. I was two kids and stuff. I don't want to really leave at this time. And there's no PhD program in astrophysics in Idaho. So I'm just going to stick around and <laughs> fucking figure it out from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Man. Where's the nearest PhD in astrophysics? Um, you uh, dot. Maybe I I know for sure Arizona State, um, right? Texas, uh, Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where they send people around BSU because that's where like a lot of professors are know people are from is Arizona, Arizona, Johns Hopkins, those are kind of areas. Um, yeah, I, could, I could always switch like geophysics and do uh, do that here. It's still competitive, but at least I'd stay here, you know. But right. but astrophysics is kind of my baby though, so <laughs> it'll just be it'll just be a hobby, you know. Yeah, but I I tell people that all the time. If I was smarter, that's that's what I'd like to do. But unfortunately, I, I can only like. I can only work this machine at like 110% capacity and it's not going to fucking do what it, it's not going to do what I need it to do over there in physics land. Mm. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can with what I got, man. You know, like I'm pushing it, I'm redlining RPMs on this, on this fucking machine every day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't know. This is all I got. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's nice to, I'm sure it's nice to just be around, I would say like-minded people, you know, people that are ass kickers that want to progress in their life every day. And you're around people that are always moving forward versus being stagnant, you know? Um, I don't know. Cause I, I don't really experience that necessarily in school and I kind of mm. miss that environment. And I'm sure like black rifle is kind of nice because you're around other guys like that. I'd imagine you've kind of created that there. Right. It seems from the outside <laughs> yeah. looking in, you've created that space. That's yeah. pretty cool. I, you know, I'm selfish in that regard, which was, I, I just actually got back from Idaho. I was up uh, in McCall last, last weekend, just outside McCall. Took, I took, how many people? Balls, 14, snow machining? 15? 15 yeah. 15 nice. people, snow machining up there. We went up to uh, uh, Bergdorf Hot Springs for the weekend. Mm. And, um, so that kind of feeds back into your question, which is, yeah, it, it, it's a, it, it's an ecosystem, right? So I've been able to build a, uh, a company that has a bunch of collective psychology that ultimately feeds into what I feel is a, a fairly positive work environment. But I, I'm the master of the, the destiny, so I can 
define what what looks like success ultimately um and that that is nice right it's not uh phd in physics but i, I get to hang out with pretty incredible people and you know make stupid videos on the internet and roast coffee <laughs> yeah like, I, you know yeah it's 400 it's 460 people now so um i i couldn't ask for a, a better life because i get to you know play with my kids in the morning and you know flip pancakes and head into the office and you know high five and butt slap and you know make stupid jokes and roast coffee uh it, it's not bad you know it's mm -hmm. not bad living right it's not bad living no no don't have to comb my hair you know i mean <laughs> what, there's no boss yeah nobody told me that i can't i you know there's nobody to tell me what i i can or can't do other than maybe uh like the Securities and Exchange Commission or something, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> right. DEA, yeah. I don't, DEA, ATF, <laughs> like those are the only things that are like truly telling me like what I can or can't do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing from, from the outside looking in at what you guys have done with Black Rifle. I've, I've followed, we both followed you guys from the beginning. Yeah. And seriously. I mean, I've, I've been like since back in the Drinking Bros podcast days listening to you guys. We visited in what two thousand sixteen? Seventeen. Seventeen? Yeah, we we took a drive out there in seventeen and one of your guys that worked there gave us a tour of your facility. Uh his name Matt. He was a double double MPT. Oh yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So he gave us a tour of the facility and that it was cool. It was really cool. I mean we kind of felt like because we've been big fans and your coffee is delicious. And it was cool to drive out there. We bought some merch and all that, but it was really cool to get that tour of what you guys have done there. And then since then, what I've seen just online, I mean, you guys are expanding brick and mortar, stuff like that. It's really cool what you're doing. Yeah. It's nice that I can go to Cabela's and get some now. It's just kind of convenient. Yeah. But no, I, we, it's we, convenient. yeah, no, we, we, it's uh, too. like if I'm somewhere and I want to like, stop in and grab some coffee i just have to go to find a cabalas or a bass pro mm -hmm. yeah so there's it's, there was a knife it's, shop right that was selling black rifle here over there off fairview oh yeah pretty sure there was some knife shop selling your coffee yeah and you're talking yeah. about for a long time to include to today i mean we had over three thousand uh partnered retailers across the united states and they were you know a lot of them were gun stores so people would email us and say, Hey, can we sell your coffee? And back, you know, uh, well, even today, I mean, I, I, I just basically say, yeah, sign up to sell a minimum of it annually and sure. sell it, do whatever you want, do, do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've done less and less of that because the, um, the a lot of the smaller retailers they don't quite understand how to display the product uh so they'll put you know price tags on the front of it and they'll the bags will be all, all crunkled up and maybe it'll be there for like two or three months and you're like dude that looks like shit yeah like, like i spent a lot of time and fucking money and effort effort trying to roast a, a great coffee and for it to sit on a shelf and collect dust and have a price tag on the front of it like you know I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's that, I have the same thought process about everything that I put effort into and I see people shit on it because they lack 
I mean, I don't want to be like sound like a toxic asshole here or salty, but they just don't give a fuck and they have no respect. And so they don't take pride in anything they're doing, but you do because you're involved in it. And then somebody else is just like, I don't know, they'll sell it. They're not really invested. They don't really, you know, that's what's cool about the the franchise thing. I heard that you guys were going to start up because that person is invested and they're going to have to be an ass kicker because they're investing a lot of money and they're going to have to want to see it grow. And so they're going to have to have that similar mindset. Like, I want this to be a certain way in a way that works and it's functional. You know, maybe at the maybe at the expense of being a little bit neurotic, but sometimes that can be beneficial, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's um, – you have to have buy-in, right? So mm-hmm. with the franchise, for instance, you got skin in the game. And – there's no better way to learn business than to do business. So a lot of guys that I know, the veterans that I know, they they need to just jump in and start start working it and get OJT. And I'm opening up a shop up in uh, Kalispell, Montana, with my buddy Andy Stump. He's he's got one that he's going to be opening. Uh, we've got a few down south uh, in Texas and around the United States with other guys that I know, and. I talk about it all the time. I'm like, I was carrying a gun for a living six years ago. That, that was my profession. Uh, that's what I did for my entire adult life. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know jack or shit about running a business. And, uh, but I did know, you know, fair, I, I did know enough about leadership and management that I could organize and execute against timelines and understand priorities of work. Mm-hmm. Um, your business isn't rocket surgery. You know, there's a bunch of fucking guys that went to, you know, you know, Wharton school of business and, and a bunch of these other schools that, you know, they throw out acronyms and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. But at the end of the day, a military, you know, E five knows more acronyms than anybody that's ever been to Wharton. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's not astrophysics. It's, it's, I tell this to people all the time, you know, if you understand priorities at work and, uh, leadership and management, you, you can, you can execute against timelines and be a successful businessman. Uh, there are so many guys out there that they, they have an idea or they just want to emancipate themselves, right? They, they don't like their job that they're in. They're working maybe a dead end job, you know, nine to five. I was that guy. Like that was my life. I was in a job that I fucking hated. No, granted it was a cool job from the outside. You know, people would say, well, you work for the CIA. Um, that's super cool. And I'd say, it sounds cool. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds cool. It's a cool acronym, but it's it's in all actuality, I was uh, I was I was miserable, man. Like mm. I was I was fucking miserable. I was working twenty hour days, you know, twenty plus days, uh, you know, a month. Uh, I was traveling all the fucking time. I had no time to myself. I was either deployed and overseas, or I was on the range, throwing throwing around a carbine with a pro timer, teaching guys. And, uh, I was burnt out. I was angry and, and I, and I didn't like being, I didn't like being managed by a bunch of people that I felt might be, uh, um, 
incompetent. Yeah. So whether I was right or wrong, it's irrelevant. I just didn't like being managed within that institution, right? Mm-hmm. And so with, with a bunch of guys that I know, they know how to work hard. They understand how to address work priorities and then execute against them. And then they, they would succeed. They just need like a little bit of a push. Mm-hmm. You know, I got fired. So that was the push I needed. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes that's all you need, huh? Yeah, it's perspective. Because <laughs> without that perspective and that so-called negative, you don't have that drive and those in, intuitive creative thoughts about how to run your business and get it going, you know, mm-hmm. cause I found that out too. Like, you know, going between, uh, the gym and starting school, I worked for a friend as an arborist, a, a fucking, uh, commercial arborist climbing, cutting down trees and shit. And that was one of the coolest jobs you can do. It's the closest thing I felt to being in the military. Cause you're on cool ass fucking guys all day. You're running heavy equipment. You're doing crazy shit. Um, but that was the perspective I needed before going into school was to remind myself I'm never too good for manual labor. In fact, it's in, it's in our DNA. We always right. need to be fucking ass kickers. We need to have that yin and yang. And I can't just be a bookworm. We got to do both. You have to be a jack of all trades. Um, you can't just be one thing. You can't just have one ego. You know, if, you, if you're just stuck to your ego, I wouldn't even start in school. I'd be like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking kids there. I'm in my 30s. I'm not doing that. He's got to right. let it go. You got to be vulnerable and you got to be real willing to like, you know, kind of like you went to starting over and going into that business and obviously it paid off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, it, paid, it, it, it paid off in a big way and it not monetarily. That's not the biggest way that it, it, it paid off. It paid off because I get to live the way that I want to live. I get mm-hmm. to live out the story of Evan Hafer, the way that I want to write the book. Nobody else is, you know, I have a ton of people that are helping me with the company and I have, you know, I have a wonderful family, but I write my own story, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of guys yeah. are like, you know, they're, they're, they're letting somebody else write their story. And, you know, this is a finite existence and I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just saying like, you know, it's, I, I believe this is a finite existence. You get one spin on this fucking rock and you better make it a good one. Because if you, if you don't, the last couple of years of your life, you're going to be in a situation where you're psychologically regretful, which will ultimately uh, speed up your departure. Yeah. And, um, I don't. I don't know what's next. If there is anything next, I don't know if this is just one big, you know, um, uh, artificial reality. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, I just know that I, I get one rotation and, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I spent a lot of time in a profession that I was ultimately not, not fulfilling my, what I felt was like my, my dream, mm-hmm. my dream. Um, <clears throat> and I, I spent my twenties in combat zones, yeah. you know, I, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun doing a lot of different things in a lot of crazy, really fucking dangerous places. Um, but you know what they, I, I'm glad I have those experiences, but, uh, I would have really liked to have run the middle fork of the salmon another 30 times too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> like there's, 
you know, there's something about like the guys that are out there doing their doing their thing, and and you know whether I identify with your your point earlier, which is I identify with um, manual labor. I think a person needs to work hard. I think they have to push their body uh, psychologically and physically. I think there has to be a balance to both, you know, utilization of your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like putting my body through uh, physically hard challenges that are psychologically difficult. Um, you know, fear-based activities are uh, typically some of the more interesting things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, going back to the business perspective, um, you know, business is as difficult as you want to make, make it. <laughs> it's, it's as difficult as you want to make it. Like, you know, I know a ton of guys that they make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Dude, uh, they they yeah. make it a lot harder than it needs to be. I think, uh, like, it's kind of like what you touched on earlier about people like business degree or MBAs, you know. In fact... I'll expand on that any fucking degree i would i'm gonna make an analogy again because i'm an asshole um <laughs> like i think any degree going town i don't care if it's fucking astrophysics whatever it's like going through like sniper school ranger school but say say you're in sniper school right and all you fucking learn is here's what this weapon's made out of here's how the barrel's fucking lathed Here's the type of trigger mechanism it has. You learn everything about the rifle. You're like, cool, I'm fucking awesome at this. And then you graduate. You don't fucking shoot it. You don't go stock. You don't do any of that shit. That is college. That is an MBA right there. Yeah, I know everything about this fucking gun. Cool, show me how to utilize this motherfucker. You know, they don't know any of that. And most, even professors agree that I talk to. They're not supposed to because you can't say anything about the college. But, so, because the most best businessmen I've met you know, like the tree guys and everything like that, these are not college level guys, you know, but they went out and are ass kickers like you and they're doing good things for themselves. So the people, people around them, the guys that work for you and you don't need a, a shitty fucking MBA just to wave your ego and your dick around, you know? And so I think they're a step behind because they're doing that before learning the experience, you know, it's the other way around. Well, I think too, when you get those people who come from manual labor, and they they know how to grind they will succeed by any means necessary yeah um i mean shit i've I've always had manual labor jobs that's all i've ever done and my current job i work at now it's probably the easiest when it comes to physical of any job i've ever had and it's funny because i came from way harder manually labor manual labor jobs and we get guys that come on to work for me. I hear them bitching, and I'm like, "Have you ever had another job ever? Because yeah. this is we got it pretty fucking good." Yeah. And they're just they're weak minded, and I, I hate that. And with guys our age and younger, that's becoming more and more common. I mean, I'm I've been the youngest guy at my company for six years, and there's nobody younger than me coming around. People aren't doing that line of work anymore, no. and I hate to see that happening. I mean, I know the truck driving school I went through. They shut it down. They had lack of enrollment. So after I went through, I think there was like two more cycles and it was gone. And that's that's sad because and that's why I got my CDL work yeah. just in fucking case. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a good thing to have. But no, yeah. like when it comes to like the business thing and doing what you want to do, that's another reason we wanted to start this. Like much smaller scale, but hoping this could turn into something where we could kind of forge our own path. 
And with lack of resources and lack of finances, we're doing mm-hmm. the best we can with it. But it's been like a natural progression of growth with, with this podcast, which has been really awesome. And we're just putting in the work. I mean, that's all we know how to do. Like I said, we we don't know how to do video, audio, but we're learning to try and make this thing work. You know, and we're trying to make the video a little better every time and the audio a little better every time. And it's... It's, I mean, you've been involved in this world of audio and video for yeah. a while now. I'm sure you know, especially not having a background in it. It's a pain in the ass, but it's also fun. To, I like to learn new things, and this was all brand new to me. So it's 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 fun to learn new shit and just, I like to work. I like having the hard shit to do. So it's, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I have my day job, which I don't want to do that the rest of my life. I already know that. And I'm hoping taking on something like this and trying to run it like a business, which I've never ran a business. So it's once again, don't know what I'm doing, but trying to learn as I go, hopefully we can have some, some success in this and something like this to where, you know, we can do our own thing. And I think you guys with black rifle, you've been an inspiration to a lot of people with what you guys have done with that company. And yeah, it's, I, I think it's important to find something you like to do and try and do it. And no matter how hard it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's part of it. I mean, a part of this whole thing is um, we talk about a lot, a lot, which is uh, we talk a lot about how if we can show people that a bunch of idiots can do this, like, <laughs> like imagine how many people are going to go out and try it, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> to your point, there's a couple things in there that I, I, I can pull out and identify, which is, you know, I went to college at the University of Idaho, first then i went to fort bragg right after that and i thought i was a big you know smart guy i went to college and uh uh i got into class with a bunch of guys that had never been to college and they they're smarter than me (laughs) yeah that's just the way it goes they were they had higher iqs Mm -hmm. they could they could they could work hard and they had higher iqs doesn't fucking mean anything piece of paper doesn't fucking mean anything it means that you have a prerequisite amount of training to get a uh, uh, an interview for a job and as a guy that's hired hundreds of people I I don't even look to see what the education background is of a lot of people I want to know what their work experience is mm-hmm. I want to know like I want to know what they've done and more importantly what can they do for the company uh, not Oh, you have a degree in um, philosophy. Uh, well, how is that going to fucking help me? You know? <laughs> am I, I going to ask you what that empty box means? Like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, to your point in the sniper school analogy is most of the uh, advanced precision long range shooters that are, are, kind of setting the standard aren't military guys no go to sniper school you know todd hotnet didn't he didn't go to no. sniper school. um you know the guys that are pushing the envelope on uh, ballistics are civilians and um it's nothing against army sniper school or sniper schools just in general i think they're you know they're a fantastic course for guys to go through but passion will ultimately proceed any person's uh, piece of paper. Yep. You know, you, you can you can get the same information 
um, as a physicist, essentially, if you spend enough time on YouTube, you could probably get the majority of the information that you needed uh, to be a, a roughly the same type of <laughs> equivalent. If, mm -hmm. you know, I know that like Harvard, for instance, you can take a lot of their courses yep. online. MIT you can take as well. A lot of MIT online. You can do a ton of this stuff online. You might not have a piece of paper for it, but if you really just want the information, you want to like feed your brain that information, you, you can find it. Um, whether or not it, it will get you a job, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's not going to get you a job, but uh, I guess my point of that is, you know, we, we've been very good at uh, trying to figure out what to do and we don't have a preconceived notion. And so we can break a paradigm and just kind of figure it out until we have a team room. So I, I used to always have this thought. I was like, you know what? If they trust me to go try to figure out how to solve the, uh, you know, the Syrian border, foreign fighter insurgency problems in, in Ambar province. I can run a fucking business. Like, <laughs> there's nothing more complex because you're, you're not risking life, limb, or eyesight. Yeah. You're, you've got to negotiate with a bunch of uh, you know, random personalities and figure out who the, the power players and influencers are. You have to negotiate to figure out how do you uh, apply power to different circumstances without uh, e even imploding your goodwill. Uh, and then sometimes there's, you know, violence is necessary and sometimes nonviolence is necessary. It's, it's the most complex of the problems to solve. And when you're solving problems in combat zones, um, I, I don't, I don't care what you do. It's just, it's a, it's, 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 you're, you're solving complex problems and you're risking life, limb, or eyesight if you get them wrong. Yeah, exactly. So if I can do that, you know, <laughs> that's the way I looked at it. I was like, fuck, if I can do that, uh, I, should, I should be able to run a business. I mean, mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. Uh, it can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can't be that hard. Well, well, I'm I, not, I think I'm that's... get blown up roasting coffee unless I'm a real idiot. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that's an important thing, and it's something we've touched on on here a lot of times is finding struggle. If you find struggle, it's going to make other shit seem like it's not that big of a deal. And mm -hmm. I like, whether it's just lifting weights, working out, doing jujitsu, whatever you're into, if you're putting yourself in struggle. The rest of your day is not going to seem so bad. And I'm sure going to war is a much more of a struggle than going to a jujitsu class, but struggle is struggle. And I think it makes a person a better person and a stronger person. And be able to withstand well, the little things that and, don't really mean that much and you find yourself that was that was the main driver for me like joining i was like who am i in these scenarios right, right. like i was so i'm such a curious person and especially introspectively like who the fuck am i in this scenario or in this scenario and it was interesting to find out because before ever getting in my first tick i was like i'm gonna be that guy who fucking cowers and starts crying and shit this is gonna be embarrassing yeah. i'm gonna shit myself yeah and then the everybody thinks that yeah and like the, internally they're all like yeah i'm gonna be pretty badass but internally you're like oh dude i might bitch out i don't yeah. know i dude. might totally bitch out i don't know yeah and I, I ended up finding out that i was a dumbass because i was the guy who was like like i was so like who was your bar is somebody was like somebody says like mel gibson and we were soldiers because we were like yeah. getting shot at and i'm like running back and forth like 
trying to move people around, like picking up a fucking machine gunner and moving his ass because you won't move. Like, and then there was guys who it took one firefight, and then they were like, "I'm fucking done. This is it." And then you send them the calf or something, you know. And so you, you find yourself and some people find themselves, find themselves for the worst, I think. And it's hard to live with that because that person who's like one and done, it's like, okay, you're gonna live the rest of your life. Most likely going around to IHOP and getting your free breakfast on veterans day, <laughs> calling yourself a veteran. But at the end of the day, you really couldn't do the job you're being paid to do or trained to do, which is okay. It just, you still tried. Right. But there's a group how you're getting the same credit as a group full of guys who fucking found themselves and then thrived in those positions for a while, you know? Um, but yeah, it is interesting to find again. Yeah. Sorry. Find that struggle and find mm-hmm. yourself no. and do something with it. That is, uh, and honestly, that, that is one of the good things with the military is you have somebody else there telling you what to do to push you past where you would normally have, not done it yourself right so i wouldn't have gone out and done all the physical things required uh in you know special forces assessment and selection i wouldn't have like gone out and put myself through that individually there's no fucking way i would have done that but i had the i had the opportunity to go and somebody else was doing you know putting me through these things and so you do have the opportunity to, to do some self-discovery and some fairly introspective uh, searching, you know, and then combat allows you to kind of do another layer of that to, to really, and I, I talk about this a lot. I talk, I, I talk about it to my friends to my, my peer group, because you guys are, you guys are fairly young. You know, a lot of your friends from high school think that you're the same guy, right? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the same guy that you knew when I was 17 and 18 when we were like, you know, stealing golf carts at the country club and driving <laughs> them in the ponds. Like that's not me. Uh, and the biggest differentiating factor is not because I've jumped out of airplanes. It's because I've actually spent a lot of time with myself in very difficult scenarios, finding out exactly who this guy is and I'm good with him. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a bad dude. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you know that, when you know, you're like, ah, I'm not bad. Like, uh, you know what? I know I'm not going to bitch out in a gunfight. Uh, you know, I'm going to work hard. I- I'm a good team player. I'm not going to fuck over my buddies. Um, you know, I-, I love my kids, my family. Like all those things are true, right? Those are truths that mm-hmm. I can, I know. I also know, you know, I'm going to be able to work against a set of priorities to get shit done. I'm going to do it in an ethical way and I'm not going to compromise. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of guys, like, they're still trying to figure out if they're, you know, are they, you know, ego driven or are they, you know, money driven or, uh, you, you know, did, should they or shouldn't they have done something, you know, difficult or more manual, you know, masculine in their life. One of my buddies was making fun of me actually in Lewiston one, one night. Cause I was telling him, I was telling him about baking scones. I was like, yeah, I was trying to bake scones the other day. And he's like, what dude, you're like trying to bake scones. And I was like, he's like, you know, it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't compromise your masculinity or whatever. I was like, bro, I, I'm a, I'm a green beret that invaded a country and worked for the CIA for a number of years. Like 
I could be baking scones in a dress, sucking two dicks, and it wouldn't compromise my <laughs> Fuck no, dude. No, that's just a good Friday night, man. Well, I think, I yeah, think that's... that's just, it's just a fucking Friday. Yeah, it's <laughs> just another Friday. Well, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's important to... You've, you've been through so much different struggles that nowadays things are just they don't seem as much of a big deal and i don't necessarily think somebody has to join the military to find struggle um no. that's that's something like i never did and like all my close friends joined the military right after high school and i'm not one of those guys who says oh i would have joined but i would have punched my drill sergeant in the face or some shit i just that wasn't for me that wasn't what i wanted to go do i instead i went and worked on a cow ranch that's that was what i did after high school and did that for a few years <clears throat> and found plenty of fucking struggle there but I yeah. and yeah. That, that's something as a guy who never joined the military drives me fucking nuts when I hear people say shit like that. I oh, would yeah. I would have joined, but it's like, dude, you oh, dude. Didn't join because it wasn't for you. Just fucking say that. That was like the dude at the dealership yeah. the other day. I was, I was looking. At, I had the. I was getting my new. I'm signing for my new Tacoma lease, whatever. And uh, the dude was super nice. I mean, he was like, yeah, I'm from, just moved from California, got a house. I'm like, that's cool, dude, whatever, you know. And he's like, you're in the military? I was like, yeah. He was like, did you just fall? It doesn't even fucking blink. He goes, what's your kill count? <laughs> dude, it's the way he said, what's your kill count? Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck well, are you? It, it drives like, me crazy because, <clears throat> like I said, all my friends went and joined the military. My dad's a veteran. I've been around veterans for a long time, my whole life, you know. And, yeah. and I see guys who always... They feel like they have to put a put on like a front why they didn't join the military. Yeah, and me as a guy who did not join, I don't get that. It, Be- does, it, it I know they want to feel cool or whatever, but it's like it just wasn't for you. It, it all goes. Don't- it all goes back to that breakdown. I broke it down a couple <clears throat> weeks ago. It's, it's history, dude. You got to go back to post Civil War, in World War One, before the Prohibition, right? Guys didn't talk about their shit because it was not fucking American to talk about your emotions or be vulnerable. And then everyone became such fucking raging alcoholics that the women complained. We had the prohibition happen. Then you come out of that into world war two. And it kind of happens all over again. Shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. build your goddamn house, take care of your lawn or else you're a shit bag and don't be a fucking faggot. Right. Essentially that was yeah. it. And we, we essentially tried to thrive off of that. And now we're trying to wake up right now and realize oh shit, this created an environment of kids who didn't earn that. The World War II generation got away with it because they fucking earned it and they suffered for the rest of their lives because of it. But then you have guys raised by them who didn't earn it, who had things given to them, but they have that mentality. So then now that's why you see a guy who's a fucking accountant with a 12-inch lift on his Ford and a little dick, you know, trying to tough, like stiff arm people because he thinks that's masculinity. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know the difference because he never fucking learned right and anyway yeah it goes back you know 120 years dude like if you follow that back we have these cut this causal effect of why our society went this way versus the society in europe you know or the weird middle eastern fucking i don't still understand that to this day but well i mean i'm sure you guys have gotten it more than me where you see guys who oh i would have joined if or you know there's all these if ands or buts on why they didn't join I don't know. It, it drives me crazy because like, and some guys still do it. When I joined in the, in the 2007, I was in basic with two 39 year olds. Yeah. They had fucking gray right. hair. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I it, and, it, and it's countless times where people are like, Oh, I, I, I wish I would have or whatever. It's like, man, I don't judge people whether or not they've 
served or not. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I was just one thing I wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Fairly selfish in the sense of I want to jump out of airplanes and, you know, hike around them because it was before war, right? So, you know, I, I thought it would be cool to jump out of airplanes and live in the mountains out of a rucksack. But that was pretty selfish. You know, I did want to serve my country, but the end of the day i kind of just want to jump out of airplanes and live out of my fucking rucksack yeah. and maybe try to overthrow a country if i got the chance right, <laughs> right. So, rad. um but it wasn't like i was thinking about it in the context of my actions are plugging into the greater good of the overall american society i wasn't that wasn't why i was like okay i'm joining because i want to improve our nation and i was like I want to jump out of airplanes. That green beret looks super fucking cool. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll get one of those badass daggers and all the, you know, well, I, it's just like fairly selfish. It takes years, I think, for one, your brain has to fully develop. And then two, you have to work through the reasons why you're serving and really. Uh, even if you're a strategic person, you think about the strategic nature of combat and why we were in whatever country we were in, it never really boiled down to, okay, I wanted to um, work towards the greater American strategic goals. It was, no, I'm working with a bunch of really great men, and I'm not going to get this opportunity to do this ever again uh, with these people. And... uh, so you kept doing it and uh you know i spent seven and a half years of my life in combat zones i guess um which when i say that it's not you know me saying like whoa seven and a half years i'm a fucking badass it's saying no it, it, it was a it was a lot of fucking fun most of, when i say most of the time and it had nothing to do necessarily with the strategic interests of uh, American, you know, foreign di- diplomatic efforts. It was now me and my me and my friends were doing some pretty incredible shit, and the United States government is giving us a ton of resources to do it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm also going to be doing some incredible good. Ah, there's a tertiary element to that, mm-hmm. but I knew a ton of guys that are, that didn't serve, and it wasn't their thing. I never hold it against them because I wasn't like thinking about all the guys that didn't serve and then thinking about it in the context of, man, you should be doing the same shit I'm, I'm doing. It's like, no, <laughs> uh, why would I want that? Uh, one, it would have made it way more competitive. So I might not have been able to do what I wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you have a bunch of dudes that are badass trying to compete for my job, like, damn, man, I made it, might, I might not have been able to do it. So, you know, yeah. like, I'm glad that some guys show up. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's, that's something like, I've always surrounding myself with a bunch of veterans. How I how I have, I have a big respect for guys who are veterans. I I feel like I fit in because of like the dark humor and I I love that shit. Mm-hmm. But I just I've never the guys that say that they they would have, but they did. It's like no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> no, and it's and it's yeah, it's just they need to grow up. And some guys don't grow up. They're forty and they still haven't grown up. You know, yeah. it's. They need someone. They're going to die being children. Yes, that's the that's the problem. They're going to die being children. They're yeah. going to be children all their lives. They're never going to evolve 
psychologically past nope. whatever obstacle that is that they that they have mm-hmm. that's why it's like it's super important i think for guys to, to they just can't leave anything on the table yeah yeah like you got to take it all you got to try i always felt like it would be better for me to try and fail because at least i would know yeah then mm-hmm. not try and wonder but i just kept getting selected which was kind of surprising to me just in general it's like oh i'm fucking selected again well oh geez mm. all right so that's one of the things like i'm pretty dumb in, in some circumstances because i'm not i just keep doing things and because i don't want to question whether or not i should have and i keep finding out that i'm like halfway decent at them uh and or i'm just a little bit better <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but I just keep doing them. And I'm like, I keep doing it and doing it. And I'm like, well, I, maybe I'm not as dumb as I think I am. Or uh, maybe everybody else is just dumb. I, maybe it's like they're all trying to like put on, you know, their own kind of, uh, you, you know, intellectual facade. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll be in meetings with people now. I'm like, I just call it as it is. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm kind of fucking dumb. You're going to have to break out the crayons for me and explain this because... I don't get it. And then a couple other guys will come up and be like, dude, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't know what the fuck they're talking about either. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like great. Yeah. We can all kind of like just agree that we're all kind of fucking dumb and we're going to make a bunch of mistakes. But I think that's, that's a big prohibiting factor psychologically is a lot of guys. They just won't try. They won't even get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And I think, fear is probably it's not it's not physical or intellectual capability it's fear so i'm not the smartest or the most physically fit i just i try to control my fear i kind of try to put it in a box and weld that box shut and then you know only only get it out and play with it when it's time to do that you mm-hmm. know, when i got my quiet time i'm like oh my god that's super scary oh, <laughs> yeah shit. yeah well th- that humility is is super important i think like admitting that, hey, I'm not the smartest guy, because then other guys will say, hey, it's okay for me to say that too, and that's something with this, like, like, I think, because I've been setting up all all the people who are coming on here, and I think with you was the first time I was talking to somebody, then they was getting to you, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'm a little out of my league here. We're talking to you know this, I I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know business, and but in the emails with with Colin who I was talking to, I I told him I'm like. We're new at this, man. We're we're a couple idiots. Like he asked me if we want to do this on Zoom or WebEx. I'm like, I don't even fucking know what WebEx is. So we're doing it on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And it's <clears throat> I try to show that humility because I think that's an important quality for people to have. Yeah. But in this world, and we're like I said, we're trying to run this like a business, not knowing how to run a business, especially for me. I just I admit to people like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help here. I need like we want to eventually do some merch for this podcast. And there was a guy we had on previously who has a podcast and he has merch. And I reached out to him like, Hey man, how do you do the merch thing? Cause I don't fucking know how to do it. He kind of walked me through how he does things. And if I wasn't, you know, if I wouldn't have said, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I might not find out how to fucking do it. Cause, no. because I, I don't. And I, I think it's an important quality to have is humility and admit when you need some fucking help. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you don't do that, you're just going to have to obsess over something and spend a lot more time figuring it out. Yeah. Which is sometimes a good a good way of going around things, too. You, know, you 
but <laughs> a lot of YouTube. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on stuff on learning how to do it. But yeah. I will I will reach out to people that are better at it than me, because there's a reason they're good at what they do. They know what they're fucking doing, and uh-huh. and I I would do the same for somebody if I could help them if I knew what I was doing. You know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. and I, I do these like you know you guys reached out or you know through whomever and I'm like I'm not unattainable. I was in my coffee shop today, you know drinking coffee and hanging out with customers like people think i'm like i don't know what they think <laughs> like i don't know what they think man like i'm a busy guy i like to work but like people dm me all the time and i dm them back and they're always like i can't believe you dm me back i'm like what do you mean you can't believe that like I, i'm just a fucking dude like i've got an instagram like everybody else or yeah you know, I, think, I think people I, just, yeah people just assume you're like this this now there's like this wealthy guy in like your bear coat with like a fucking <laughs> a nice like shotgun just sitting in like this big throne of a chair in your house like in the quiet yeah, just like if that was me I, I, maybe someday I know, yeah. but i'm not, I'm I not gonna take that out i'm not gonna take that off the table dude that sounds pretty fucking good that's still yeah. that's still a possibility no I, yeah, yeah that's a fucking possibility like you just you just gave me an idea for myself that's badass yeah i might i might do that well, I, just say, fuck it. I think yeah, fuck like it. in the in the age of social media now, guys like yourself who ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you're running a successful company, coffee company, you're a veteran. Most people wouldn't know who you were. They'd know your company. But with social media and podcasting and all that shit, you, you guys have kind of become celebrity you have a celebrity to you. And then there's people out there who've followed you guys forever. And I mean we're we're experiencing that on a much smaller scale. But yeah. I'm having people reach out to us now because they've watched the podcast. And I'm like, this is weird because I don't know who the fuck you are. You're messaging me. I'm just an average dude, you mm-hmm. know. And I think you guys have reached like this, you know, kind of celebrity status with the social media followers. And you're going, I mean, you, fuck, you were on Rogan. That's a big, that's a big thing. People, people have heard your name us along sure. with your guys' PR nightmares you've had to deal with. You've had to go out there and put your face out there and. Yeah. yeah and those are, those are fun man like <laughs> you know joe's a great guy he's a fucking great guy i consider him a, he, i consider him a friend mm-hmm. he's a great guy like, yeah he's just a guy like everybody else like he's just a mm-hmm. dude trying to figure this thing out that's got you know the largest podcast in the world but he's not let it, he's not let it get to his head mm-hmm. like, if i text him he texts me back like typically fucking five or 10 minutes. Like mm-hmm. what? Like, who the fuck am I? I'm just like <laughs> roasting coffee, man. Like <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody assumes, you know, and there are definitely, I think I, I don't, I don't consider myself a celebrity whatsoever. I just consider myself a guy that's running a company that's got, you know, a fairly big Instagram page on, you know, black rifle and a few other things. Mm-hmm. It kind of blows me away at times when I, when I see kind of the numbers, in the sense of how many views certain pieces of content have gotten or whatever. And you're like, fuck, I guess a lot of people watch that, you know, or <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess a lot of people down. And I always put it in the context of the, my hometown, um, you know, Lewiston's 23,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I always think about like, fuck my entire, the population of my entire town <laughs> just liked that instagram posts or whatever yeah, and it's always yeah. kind of a little bit weird but then i'm like 
it's just my town you know what i mean it's like yeah i know everybody in Wilson still like i could walk down the middle of the street and be like what's up eric what's going on dan you know like fuck yeah everybody knows each other mm-hmm. 23,000 people it's not that big of a deal uh but i think when people get caught up into their idea of celebrity well well people that want to be celebrities i think that's the other issue too right mm-hmm. they want to be celebrities they want to be famous um these people are just fucking nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like I don't want to be famous. I don't give it. I don't give two. I think what I was saying. Oh, what I was saying was the only time I felt like I was a celebrity. The only time was I was at the park with my kids in Salt Lake, and I was fucking around doing something. I was talking to them, and somebody walked up to me and was like, "Hey, are you Evan Hafer?" And I was like, "Yeah," and. uh they go, I, I recognized your voice from your podcast. Oh, wow. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't recognize you. I recognized your voice. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I, I kind of did. I was like, oh, that, <laughs> man, mm-hmm. random at the, at the park. Somebody recognized my voice. Uh, and most of the stuff that I do is like, you know, the stuff that I really like doing is uh, being a complete jackass. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Yeah. Being serious is uh, is part of my profession. It's part of my personality. But what I prefer to do all the time is be a complete and utter jackass, like making yeah. the most making the most ridiculous bullshit up possible <laughs> is my favorite thing to do. So, uh, if I were to ever, you know, I guess become a, a any any form of like ego. I think it would completely affect my ability to be a, a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a fun person. I get too much in my head going, "Oh my god, you're so cool," you know. I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm, and I'm. I really like just fucking making people laugh. Like, yeah. I really do. But yeah, that's an important quality too. It's just part of being genuine, and we talk about that a lot too. Like, a lot of people aren't genuine, and a lot of people are turned off by my personality. You know, because. I may have a serious conversation and I might fucking rip ass during it. <laughs> it's okay. You know, or I might, okay. you know, we talked about, you know, eating butthole and getting seven, someone squirt in your face. <laughs> That's life though. And we got to be honest with the people, with people. If we're not being genuine, then we're just being fake. Like a lot of people are being fake, you know, like shit. My wife calls me gam gam during sex. <laughs> like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, like gam gam. Like, you, you got to just be genuine. You got to let it out because, you know, sometimes maybe it's just part of that whole like processing, you know, struggle again. But I just, I, it bugs me how many people I turn off because of, and I hear this a lot from a lot of people or veterans in general, you know, combat veterans, like, yeah, I rub people the wrong way. Like, yeah, go figure. Like, me too. Like, people aren't used to having someone authentic around them. They're used to someone being like, you know, like, Hey, Bill, how's it going today? All right. Fucking grass looks good. You know, like just the same old bullshit conversations, the pumping your own ego yeah. up, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we're, I think we're all past that. Like, no. That's... Well, I think, I think you think people are more bothered by it than they actually are. And I've, we've had this conversation. I don't know. Because the feedback I've gotten on this podcast is people like that. He says outlandish, wild shit sometimes because he does. He always has. And, there's nothing wrong with that. What I've noticed it's, is when I take my kids to the pool in our subdivision, I never make a single goddamn friend when I leave. 
I noticed that they like the conversation dwindles down and they're like uncomfortable and I'm like, all right, see you later. We don't like, want to fucking be friends with them anyways. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, so actually, I wanted to touch on something with you. Yeah. The reason I was like, I wanted to reach out to you, I was inspired to reach out to you, was I was listening to Free Range American, your guys' podcast, and. I knew I know you like Black Rifle does stuff for charity and all that, and there's some well known stuff you guys have done, which is fucking awesome. But you had your uh, I forget his name, the guy, your blacksmith, Grizzly oh, Grizzly Forge, yeah, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, so you had him on. You had him on, and hearing what you did for that guy, who when he hurt his when he broke his back and all that, the whole story, that inspired me to fucking reach out to you. I was like, dude, he's a good dude. Yeah. That's that's really fucking cool what you did there, and then offering him a job, and now he's now I follow him on social media now after hearing him on there, and I see he moved to Salt Lake, and that's it seems from the outside looking, it seems like you treat the people that work for you very well, and that's a rare thing, a very rare thing, and it's cool to see that to see the shit you do, and I I'm sure you don't want to like boast and brag about how altruistic you are, but. It's it's a really cool quality, and that's one thing inspired me to reach out because we've been we've been trying to get good people on here. Yeah, because yeah, there's, there's a lot of fucking good people out there, and with as crazy as this world has been, especially the past year, I think it's important for people to see that there's there's people doing good things out yeah, there for sure. And yeah, that's I, I don't I don't I don't like people to think that they work for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't you know like i it sounds trite and probably it sounds probably you know different i don't like them to think that they work for me uh you know there's an old saying if you have to tell people you're in charge you probably aren't Mm -hmm. Uh, and i don't think that i don't want people to work for me that feel like they're in a subservient employee employer relationship uh, this is a team sport, man. Like it's a team sport, right? Yeah. And you know, if you look at a a you know a baseball team or a football team or any team, a team activity on the field is you're not working for the quarterback. You're working with the quarterback, right? You're not working for the coach. You're fucking working with the coach. The coach is trying to get get everybody to their to their. Um, you know, to their primary goal. <clears throat> so Lucas doesn't work for me, but he's definitely a really, he's a good friend. He's a good guy. And, uh, you know, I could, I could list all the employees here, um, and, and be able to say, yeah, I hope they don't feel like they, they work for me. I hope they feel like they come to work and work with me. And mm-hmm. I'm, a fucking nice I, I don't care if they necessarily know me as a nice guy that's not even the the thing that i i want to be known for here i want them to know like that guy you know gets shit done and he's pretty and he's and he's fun to work with you know what i mean versus oh i you know evan evan hafer you know he's he's my boss and you're just like uh, i i don't know i i've worked for a lot of people most of the time i've always felt like good managers, good leaders make you feel like you're working with them, not for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's like, it's probably not, I don't know if it's hum, humility or not. I don't think, I don't know if that's the right word. It's just the way I like to do business. It's just mm-hmm. the way I like to run the shop and do the things that I like to do. 
because I'm building the the company that I would like to work for. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like I'm working for a boss. I want to feel like I'm on a team. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm I'm doing cool shit and I can go talk to the guy that's in charge that that's his job. Yeah. You know, that's like my yeah. best team leaders were guys like my best friends. Of course I knew they were the team leader, but I knew they had a job. That was their job. They had to facilitate certain things, but I had my job and it was just as important. Yeah. No, and that's gotta be satisfying to, I mean, it's just satisfying to hear that, you know, cause it's, Oh, a business owner who's not a narcissist, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it's uncomfortable to be the person who's the ten, you know the head wolf right like that makes me uncomfortable and i didn't like it yeah. as like a sniper team leader i was like that's not how we're doing things you know right. i don't and i and the well i guess one of the hardest things i had to try to learn to do was delegate because i don't fucking delegate if i know how to do something better than somebody else i'm just gonna go do it if you know how to do it come help me if you're not right. gonna help me then get the fuck out of the way if you're not motivated but right it's so it's hard for me to delegate. I'd rather just be around people who are also motivated and we all have our own piece of the pie and we can all help each other, you know? But that's always been the best working scenarios for me. Like if I, if we have a mission, we have a mission. Everybody's like, at times you might be in charge and at times you might be, you know, right. Rifleman X that's like pulling security on the fucking window and not doing Jack or shit. Right. And, uh, I think that's more of a, you know, obviously there's an organization chart, right? So you have your org chart and you have definitive responsibilities and roles, but when it's game time, everybody's, everybody's equal and we're all kind of equally yoked. Everybody's working hard. And mm -hmm. my job here is different than a lot of people, obviously, because I, I run the company and I do a lot of fucking weird things, but and I also get to set the entire temperature for the, the, the ecosystem, right? So mm -hmm. I get to go, you know, I'm the guy that's like figuring out what this thing, this whole shit show looks like. And, and that's, and that's super interesting to me. So I, you know, I put in a gym out back where, you know, I, I put in a bunch of uh, Sornex equipment and, you know, we've got, fucking treadmills and saunas i've got a bow tech that works here full time Ooh. and we've got a 3d archery range in back um because i want to build a uh, the, i want to build the place that i want to work right mm -hmm. so if i'm that guy that comes into the company who's you know 22 or whatever it might be and i know i can go out at lunch and i'm going to be shooting arrows with the ceo mm -hmm. and i might come in in the morning before before work and you know i'm doing some like you know shitty deadlifts and you know that's the place i want to work man like that that for me i'm like i'm just building the once again it's pretty selfish i'm just building the <laughs> place that i'm like i want to fucking work here yes. and if i had this really cool boss that like cruised around and is like in my track pants all day mm -hmm. you know in argyle <laughs> socks riding my fucking one wheel uh, I would think like, yeah, that guy's all right. Like I can talk to him and, and we're going to have a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably, uh, that's a, probably a big reason you guys have been as successful as you've been because the ha happier your employees are, the m better work they're going to do. And over time, I mean, that shit, it matters. It matters. Big. Yeah. And, and I've worked for some shitty bosses and I've had some really cool bosses. And when you have a cool boss, you actually look forward to going to work and doing the work versus yeah. you have some asshole who's trying to 
<clears throat> run the show and be a tyrant all day. You don't want to go to fucking no. work for that and guy. I think in a country as as many as l- these little fuckers want to call us a fascist country, which we're not. I think we have the freedoms to, and hopefully they maintain those freedoms to do things like your business, where that's essentially what I would call the business of the future, right? It's where I would want to work. It's the place I want to make available to people like me. And because I want it, like you're saying, like I would want it too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Instead of being in an office with these fucking white lights on all day and being bored and hating our lives and being alcoholics because of it, let's, yeah. have, let's have a fucking gym and some bows or some pellet, whatever we want to do and go fuck around our lunch break or before yeah. work or after work, you know, like it's that, a good, good environment. It makes it a lifestyle mm-hmm. versus just showing up, you know, well, it is like, there's no less than like five to 10 dogs running around the offices all day long. You know, we have a gym and a bow range in back. We've got a coffee shop up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we buy, you know, we buy Jimmy John's like today. We bought Jimmy John's for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care if people are cutting out early. Like, you know, I, I don't know if that's a business of the future. I think it's a business that uh, we've continued to grow and we've continued to make money, which is good, right? So we must be doing something we must be doing something right. Yeah. And, um, for us, you know, as, as a company, there's always improvements you can make on your company's psychology. And it's funny cause like I'll read books, uh, you know, by guys that do research on company psychology. Um, and uh, just because I'm like, I, I'm interested in, in trying to understand company group psychology, it, but it's nothing I don't already know. <laughs> so they're mm-hmm. like, oh man, you got to build, you know, there are guys out there that have to be told to go do the things that I naturally just want to go do, right? Like I want to go make it, put a gym in the fucking office so people can go lift heavy weights in the morning and the afternoons and the evenings on the weekends or whatever it might be. That's what I want to do. I want to do that because I want to see employees out there like getting it on. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Like I want to go get it on and I want to see them getting it on. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of executives have to be told like, Oh, maybe you should think about bringing in a, a fucking gym. So you have, you know, a company, you know, health objectives or whatever. Like, whereas like, ah, I just want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, putting an archery range at your, at your shop, would probably be not suggested by any person with any <laughs> form of ins- in- insurance running a company at any point in time. But I went Those to the people guys, are fucking like, wrong. I'm going <laughs> to shoot arrows behind the building. So find the insurance policy that matches that because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but I, I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure there's a study out there somewhere that, that's going to say, you know, Silicon Valley created a template of, you know, fun or freedom or whatever it is. And they, because they got ping pong tables there and they cater food and they have fun. I'm like, yeah, I have a ping pong table. We cater food. We also shoot bows. We also lift heavy shit. I take people snow machining and fuck. that's because I want to do that. It's not mm-hmm. because I'm a computer and I'm trying to build an algorithm based on, a uh, guy that wrote a book from Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, right. no, that's just what I want to do. No, they're they're fucking nerds and they're looking at it the wrong way. Well, and how many how many places of business you go into and you have a like professional podcast studio in the fucking building like you guys have? That's fucking cool. 
Like you, it seems like Kevin kind of said, "Business of the future." I mean, you're doing things once again from the outside looking in with that company that other people aren't doing, and I think that's a big testament to why you guys are so successful because you're you're thinking outside that box and you're <clears throat> keeping your employees happy, and it's it's just a really awesome yeah. thing to see from. And- yeah, and I would just say it's breaking the mold. Why do we have to have everything a certain way? Why does it have to be you go to work and you're serious and you hate your life and you live in this little cubicle? Like, why do you, why why do we structure shit that way? We don't have to. We live in fucking America. Like, this isn't... We don't have to go hate our lives and then beat our wives when we go home and rape people and fucking drink yeah. ourselves to death. We, I just think we get, we're like institutionalized in a certain sense. And so we forget you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you can afford it and it's going to make you happy. Like mm. fucking do it, you know? And yeah, it's a crazy concept that people don't think about, like do it, you know, it's weird. Yeah. Well, and I've always concentrated on that in the sense of, I wanted people to live, especially guys, you know, veterans that have transitioned out and tried to find, you know, a, a, a good landing spot for a place that they wanted to work with a positive infrastructure of people like them. Right. So, you know, we we always hear the same things. You guys have a dark sense of humor, you're, you know, crass and blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to build something where people could transition in safely and psychologically, they could transition and be like, Hey, I know I'm, if I make an off color joke, within reason like nobody's really going to give a shit mm-hmm. right and um i've always wanted to take people because you know my perfect life scenario is right i get to go home with my kids and my kids are my kids and my wife they're super fucking rad and they love me and they're pumped up and they're fire they they like they give me energy because it's a really positive ecosystem so i get to leave my home and regardless if I had a big company or not, it was still a positive ecosystem with good people that love me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get to go to work in a place where people are fired up and positive and they love working with me. Well, the cool thing about that is is, is you have a 360-degree life uh, flywheel of success, right? So you're moving from a home where people love you and are positive and encouraging to a place of work where people love working with you and they're positive, encouraging, like you literally have no boundaries, right? You, you have all the cards to play an incredible life hand right there. And your, your life in positivity perspective, it gets faster and faster and faster, meaning it starts generating inertia in the right direction all the time, because you're never leaving positive, loving encouraging environments with with great people you're just going back and forth back and forth back and forth and your life starts moving in the right direction for all the right ways Mm -hmm. and whereas before you know i would go out and spend like a month in the mountains or whatever in between you know rotations to iraq or afghanistan i'd be like i'd feel so fucking good i was like just centered psychologically it felt fucking incredibly empowered and then i'd go back to iraq and live in a shipping container and do my job and it would just kind of go just back and forth from like really negative circumstance to hyper you know isolated but fun circumstance and 
I couldn't kind of get my life moving in the right direction, right? Just couldn't flywheel it and get it moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think a lot of guys, they get bogged down with a lot of people, I should say, you know, male or female, right? They just get bogged down with not changing their circumstance mm-hmm. and changing their reality or their environment. <clears throat> and they're going from a job that they hate and they're going home and they're creating hate and negativity in their home. Mm-hmm. And then they're creating hate and negativity at their home and that gets worse. So you're reversing the flywheel. Your professional environment and your family life are going in the wrong direction. And your life just keeps going in the wrong direction, to your point. Yeah. But yeah. That's actually, we've talked about that exact scenario on here a couple times where people, and I'm sure you know people like this, we both know people like this, who nothing goes right for them ever. And yeah. And once you kind of take a step back and look at that person, you realize they're doing the shit to themselves. They're putting themselves right. in these bad situations they're always broke they always have a shitty job they're not happy at home it's like then fucking change something change one thing for the better and maybe other things will follow it's you know momentum yeah i'm I'm, i would get i would guess i'm speculating that you've as many veterans as i've met since i've gotten out i realized it was a disillusion i thought they'd all be like me and i realized that was not it it was maybe 30 to 50 percent the other half i couldn't get through to so I'm speculating you've had guys work like that, work with you that were like that, like just toxic, always negative, couldn't let go of that mentality and maybe just couldn't just couldn't be around, you know, you or the company, I guess, maybe. It's, it's sad, man. I've had close friends of mine that can't get out of the death spiral of negativity. They can't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And... You know, at the end of the day, you also have to perform triage in your in your life, which is you 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 can't save everybody, right? It's not you can't save everybody, and you have to be in a good spot individually. You know, it's it's self aid buddy aid, right? You have to be in a good spot to help other people. So, you know, I've had really close friends that just can't get out of their fucking way, and. More importantly, I've had to explain people, explain to people, and give them the like the hard luck news, which is like I can't be friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Because you're an asshole, and you're never going to change. And I can't surround myself with fucking people that are assholes, and they're never going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can try for a short amount of time, and then people have to help themselves because I have I have an agenda, right? I have a very specific agenda for my life. And you're either going to fit in that or you're not. But if you're not, I'm not going to waste my time trying to fucking pull you into my orbit because it, it, it's wasted energy. Mm-hmm. You're either in the orbit or you're not. Now, we'll, we'll, I, I, I mean, there's always the special circumstances, but, yeah. you know, I got a three-year-old, a seven-year-old. Uh, I've got, you know, obviously Black Rifle Coffee. I've got a ton of stuff that we do here internally. I got 55% you know, just some rough numbers. We have 460 people at work here. 55% of them are veterans. I got a lot of really fucking cool people that work here. I just don't have time to waste on people that will not fucking help themselves. Yeah. Now there are special circumstances, but to your point earlier as well, like I know guys that have are bilateral amputees and they're, they have a positive psychology. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're fucking getting up and kicking ass every day and they inspire me. So, if you're not missing, you know, fingers and toes and you're still going to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see how that treats you. Let's see where your life is going to be in you know ten or fifteen or twenty years. I was having that conversation this morning with guys about, um, you know, they were asking me when when was the last time you talked to this guy? I was like, dude, I haven't talked to a guy for years. And they're like, really? They they couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, I haven't talked to that guy for years because every time he came around, he was negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that they needed something. It was just like he was an asshole. It's like I I don't have time for you know to try to be the wind beneath somebody's fucking wings every time they come around my my place. Like I got I got a ton of people that I can plug in, be a positive impact in their lives, create the flywheel effect that moves faster and faster in the right direction, and they can make the choice to be part of that or they can fuck I can just help them opt out of the entire thing. Well, and you're yeah. you're talking about the pulling them into your or, your orbit and most of the time if you're around that fucking person too much who doesn't want to come in, they're going to pull you out and they're going yeah. to put they're going to put you into that bad spot. And that's that's something we've talked about a bunch on here is like I even have family members I don't talk to cuz I don't need their shit in my life and that I've tried to help them. You could try to help somebody so much but if you keep trying, they're going to pull you their direction and you don't want to go that way. So they want you to hate yourself as much as they hate themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'd have guys reach out to me and they're like, Oh man, I love what you're doing. I've been following you. Like, like friends of mine, right. Mm-hmm. Guys that I've known forever. They like text me like, man, I love what you're doing. It's freaking awesome, man. Like so cool to see everything you've done, you know, like, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to maybe like do this or do that. Uh, could you help me out? And the first thing I do is I look up their names to see if they've ordered coffee. Mm. Guess what? <laughs> like nine out of 10 haven't ordered it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, now I got nothing for you. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, two years, uh, the first two years of this business, you know, I, I had, I, I was sleeping in a fucking thermal rest underneath my, underneath my desk. You know, there's a, there's a, there's also this perception like, I've heard it all, right? That I had investors, that I was rich, mm. that, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, my dad was a logger. I was, he was, I was raised by a single parent in Northern Idaho and Lewiston, just maybe above or below the poverty line. And, you know, uh, I didn't have a fucking investor. I don't know. I don't even know where the fuck that hysterical shit came from. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I spent fucking the first two years of this just selling everything that I own, sleeping underneath my desk, like literally sleeping four hours a night. I felt like I was in ranger school for two years. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, <clears throat> that's brutal. Like, it's fucking brutal. So now I, if I have a bit of success and then you've got people that kind of like come back and they're like, oh, my God, I've seen you kind of successful man so this you know article and you know business week or whatever and you're like yeah i got nothing for you mm-hmm. they, have, they haven't even tr- tried spend 13 dollars mm-hmm. for coffee yeah when i was sleeping three and a half hours a night you sure as shit aren't gonna get a fucking yeah. well hell <laughs> i mean we, we yeah. don't we don't even know you and we drove all the way to salt lake to buy coffee one time yeah <laughs> yeah but I do know my friends. Like I, you, you do know your friends, and especially yeah. like after my PR, like my PR little fiasco last mm-hmm. year. Like, like I knew who my friends were real fast. Yeah, yeah. 
that that whole thing from the outside watching <laughs> was just fucking crazy. Like people like to be pissed off about something, especially yeah. nowadays with the internet. Mm-hmm. But like like you can fucking control who wears a black rifle shirt or a black rifle hat. Like that yeah. is so crazy to me that people were first of, first of all mad that you're involved with these people who are wearing your stuff. You can't fucking control that. And then hearing you talk about it on podcast that the other side, when you came out and like said, I don't fucking agree with violence pretty much. The other side comes at you. That is insane yeah. to me. But. And it's not like you're fucking Red Bull. Like, oh, anyone who's wearing my shit sponsored by me. Like, this, this is like anyone could go fucking well, buy it. You have black rifle shirts. Yeah. Riot. And it's like, yeah, that's a whole other thing where, you know, I think to your point, like people think I'm in a throne, like wearing a bearskin fucking rug with like a, like a scepter or something. It's right? going to happen though. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. Like, <laughs> like, we have goals. It's what I hope. Yeah, like um, a, yeah, like a grown, a cr- like a gold-plated shotgun or something. Just something yeah. like, yeah, just obtuse. <laughs> like so fucking weird, you know, like a like a gold-plated AK or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. just my life. You know, it's me and Post Malone. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that that's that's your. I saw that picture you posted the other day on Instagram of you with like the Muppet or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, but, but the CEO puppet. Yeah, so so the next one is a portrait of you with your bearskin coat, shotgun. You make it happen, dude. Make it happen. Yeah. You said uh, so earlier. You said you had a uh, three and a seven year old. I so I also have a, a three year old boy and a seven year old daughter. How did you guys? Uh, my daughter has been kind of rough, and she goes to a charter school. How did you navigate the whole shutdown with your seven year old going to school? Oh man, you know that it was difficult. Only it was it was way more difficult for my wife, mm-hmm. and, uh, because my wife is really concerned about the girls falling behind. I'm like, they're really fucking smart, and we're really good parents. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these kids have everything going in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I I I love my kids. I spend a lot of time with my kids. I there's nothing I love more in my life than my kids. Like, okay, well now you, you, you're actually a step above a huge percentage of people in the United States because they have fucking horrible parents, like yeah. deadbeat parents that yeah. are idiots that are like, you know, that drink too much, that eat too much, that fucking, you know, they're just assholes or whatever. Right. They've got like a wide variety of things that are going on and they have no fucking discipline. Mm-hmm. And, so I was like, we love our kids. My wife is fortunate enough. She gets to stay home with the kids too. So I, she gets to stay home and do a lot of stuff with the kids. I'm like, this is their, this is their year where we, we can plug them in on some tutoring. We can, you know, I, I pulled my, my seven year old out of, out of public school because it was a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. Like you had teachers talking about, uh, how they were going to kill, you know, grandpa if they got close to him and doing all this, like, like, like just like hysterically re- ridiculous stuff. And yeah, uh, I think you have a lot of educators out there that are really good people and they're good. They're, they're, they're well-intentioned, good people, hundred percent. But you also have to realize that there are a lot of dumb educators out there too yeah. that are going to spread hysteria. And the last thing that I wanted was to, ingrain hysteria into a seven-year-old and we pulled him out 
we got together with some other people with uh, in our neighborhood. We created a micro school. So we only had like 10 kids going to this micro school and mm-hmm. we hired a teacher. And it, it, was, it turned out where, you know, we, it, it was actually really inexpensive. There's only 10 kids in her class and they had a great, they had a great year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were up on the mountain skiing like two days a week. So they got to be just like shred heads up in the snow. And they're, mm-hmm. if they're behind a little bit, as far as like, they're not because, now, I work with my daughters uh, through a wide variety of ways, like rote memorization and math and spelling. We we, we, we emphasize a lot of education within the household, but uh, I always felt that they, she would be more behind if she was just continued to be exposed to the hysteria of, you know, COVID and, oh my gosh, like we got to wear masks and the psychological effects, the long-term psychological effects of all of that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, for me, it was just, I couldn't really do it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just, let's just figure something else out. My wife is a little bit more difficult because she was like, I concerned. I'm like, they're going to be fine. They're Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll look back on this time up. and realize you guys were there. And what's that? They, I said, they'll, they'll probably look back on this time when they're older and realize like my parents were there, they adapted so I could succeed in life. And I think that's an important thing for kids to see their parents fucking care. I think it's 50, 50. I think, you know, I think kids maybe when they're 20 something, right. They'll may turn around and be like, man, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm, They might just like take it for granted. And that's just life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I didn't really appreciate my dad until I was probably 24, 25. Yeah. Same, same. Well, I, I know like when all this COVID stuff first kicked off, we, and nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen. We went and bought every outdoor yard game you could buy. So the kids could be outside. My kid, my kids didn't play outside so much in their life until this last year. Um, and my older son, he has a real hard time with change. Like he likes a schedule. And if he goes off that schedule, it fucks with him. So we, we said, you know, we're going to keep you online school and we'll help you at home. My wife, same. She's, she stays home and she's done fucking amazing. I mean, she's pretty much, she's learning all this seventh grade schooling along with him, trying to help him with all his homework and all that. And then my little guy, he's, he's five years old. He's in kindergarten and they've been full time. He's gone to school full time all year. And we're pretty lucky. This elementary school is right here in our neighborhood. It's like nice five minute walk. So and it's been the way his school has handled it has been amazing. They've done a really good job. The kids are all in school. Everybody's happy. My older son online and man, they've been playing outside. And also we kind of took the opportunity to, when this kicked off to kind of teach him some work ethic, you know? And so we wrote a chores list and said, okay, this is what you got to yeah. do every day. And that changes depending on how much schoolwork he has. don't want to overwhelm him too much with, we want him to do well in school, but my older son, man, he's he's learned how to work over this last year, especially last year when school first shut down because they weren't going, they didn't know what was happening, and so he he got a list of things to do and he learned how to how to do some work. And so yeah. I don't know, you, you got you have to look at the good the side of things in fucked up times. That's just find the good in it. But yeah, well, shit, man. I guess we can let you get out of here since we've been. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but huh. only an hour and a half. That's I'm not. I'm not in a huge hurry, but you know, it's been good fellas. Like I'll, uh, 
I'll, uh, you know, I'll post a swipe up and we'll see, uh, yeah. how, how it goes as far as like the we, show. When do you guys want to post it? No, this will be out Monday morning. So I'll, okay. we'll, we'll get it all edited th- this weekend and, and it'll be yeah. by about 4am is when they come out 4am Monday morning, cool. every Monday. Um, yeah, just tag me in. And yeah. I'll yeah. Get, I'll get I'll, swipe up and we'll, we'll fire it up next time you're in Salt Lake. Just let me know. Cause you know, it's not that far away. We're only five hours down the road. Are you guys both in uh, Boise proper, or are you like Napa? We're uh, Meridian. We're in Meridian, like so, South Meridian. Oh, you're Meridian. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, one of these days, I'd like to maybe do this in person because you know, you lose you lose a little connection, you know, with with the Zoom thing. Yeah. But yeah, it, come on down. Like, come on down. Like, we'll we'll sit down on my desk. We'll do a free range. We'll talk about, we'll just talk shit for yeah. an hour. And, that'd be, that'd be yeah. fucking that'd awesome. Be and I'll, I'll send you like, I'll just DM you the link or I can email it, <laughs> whatever works for you. Um, doesn't matter. And now, now I guess we better go order some black rifle. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I'm out. So, so l- later on when I, when I, when I ask you for help, you're going to go check my name. Be like, all right, he ordered some fucking coffee. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I don't worry about that. It's the guys that are always like, yeah, man, I'm fucking so, so stoked to see all your success. I've been like cheering you on forever, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, and I can pull up the orders and on my phone, literally, just, yeah. just search for yeah. fucking name in five seconds. Yeah, like, yeah, it's uh, a. Yeah. I, I I have a, a coffee problem. I drink way too much coffee, but yeah, I'm glad there's guys like you that make good fucking coffee for me to drink. So. Yeah, well, you and I both. I started this company out of necessity because I was quite literally drinking so much coffee that I thought it was going to be a good idea for me to roast it so I could save money. Yeah, and I was like, "That's a stupid idea. I mean, that's just a fucking dumb <laughs> idea. You, you can't save money by buying a roaster. It's not. It's not possible because then you start buying like." You know, green beans and fucking espresso machines. And mm-hmm. when you start to peel the onion on this, like it just starts to make you cry. <laughs> but it's so funny because I was like, yeah, I'm going to save money. I'm going to buy a roaster, <laughs> you know, spend $2,000 on a roaster. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even have 2000 bucks. But yeah, I bought, know, I bought my it, first it, first espresso machine this year because I'm oh, you I, did? yeah, I like I like a iced Americano. That's what I drink yeah. every time. That's my favorite. But I bought just a small like Breville, you know. Yeah. And yeah. fuck, man, it made it made a difference. And we have a few good coffee shops around here that well, that make yeah. some good beans. But I'm the kind of guy. And Jake knows this. I don't half-ass anything. I whole-ass everything. But I still have like a twenty-five dollar <laughs> fucking coffee maker because I'm poor, dude. So I eventually one day I'll get I'll get around to making real coffee. Then they're a good investment. Like man. I feel I feel like it's a, a waste because I spend you know, you know, I go to Cabell's and spend X amount of dollars on back rifle coffee, and I just stuff it in my fucking shitty goddamn <laughs> coffee, coffee maker. Like I just ruin it. Just you, ruin the taste. And just do a French yeah. press, man. But the French press is not very good for you. I, the I studies uh, uh, increases oxidative stress in your brain. Does it really? Oxidative stress, yeah, which is a precursor to Alzheimer's, um, stroke, uh, um, 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 dementia. But if the coffee like, tastes good, the, the chunks because the chunks of coffee um, in it. Or they what? said the there was a whole article on it. Oh, I'll have to fucking find it again. But they sent it to me. Yeah, yeah. I it was just like two or three months ago. I read this because I I would French press a lot. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. They, they measured everyone who had, you know, one to three servings a day of French press. Oxidative stress was like 
30 or 40 percent higher in their brains which is essentially free electrons too many free electrons right and uh so i was like fuck so i stopped doing it but yeah i'll I'll find that article for sure yeah yeah you gotta get a chemax like i gotta send you your chemax because that's the best way to make coffee send me your address dm me your address i'll send you a chemex Okay. Be cool. you don't you don't want that fucking French press, and you definitely don't want your Mister Coffee, whatever the fuck you're drinking. That's what it is, know. dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, From I'm gonna Target. Send you the Chemex. Oh, dude, like you're when, drinking it out of that. When I got that espresso machine, oh, yeah, man. the espresso machine made the biggest fucking difference in in the way it tastes, and I mean everything. I and I, I now I have a hard time drinking coffee that's not out of that machine. Yeah, it's especially like I'll. Uh, unless I go to the coffee shop I buy my beans from because they're using the same thing. But right. like out of a fucking Mr. Coffee or whatever, it's hard. It's really where do you where do you go locally? Do you go to like Dawson Taylor or one of those? So like, I I used where? to I used to really like Dawson Taylor and there was a shop that served all Dawson Taylor. Well, this new one popped up over the past couple of years. It's called Cafeina. Uh, I haven't been there yet. And where's it at? So their their main place is down on State Street over there in okay. Boise, and then. They have one up off Overland. That's when I go to. It's a little closer to me. Yeah. And there's a little coffee shop called the Coffee Studio. That's who used to serve Dawson Taylor. Now they yeah. ser- they serve Cafeina's coffee, and it's God. it's good stuff, man. I go I go buy beans from them. You know, every I buy two bags of espresso beans every other week or so because I drink way too much coffee. Right. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a it's a good we have a couple good spots here and then you know you get people that like to go to those like dutch bros and shit it's like that's fucking water dude dutch bros is like the keystone light of beer just can't fucking do it yeah you can do it when you're like 15 or 16 but when you're a grown man you just it's not for you you can't go there (laughs) like like i feel like i'm going to a bachelorette party every time i do yeah what am i doing here yeah the way to do it is as soon as you take your order bonito taught me this is you just roll your fucking window up oh well because if you don't they jump in your fucking car (laughs) they get so offended that place is that place is interesting yeah just roll your fucking window up so so when are you going to get a brick and mortar over here soon i've been looking for a place i'm building one in lewiston right like like i'm closing on the building in lewiston oh nice Uh, literally now right now um i I have a feeling it would do well in boise oh yeah really well i've got yeah i think it would i've been trying to find some spots i've got one in twin falls that i really like um i've got one in twin falls that i really like i got a spot in pocatello that i like i got a spot in lewiston that i like um meaning like we're all kind of we're getting we're, we're either close to closing or, mm-hmm. or closing um and uh but you know i i've been so concentrated on trying to get taxes like their their brick and mortar apparatus running mm-hmm. uh it i think i have four or five right now opening up in taxes i'll have 10 by the end of the year and um it's it's a lot of work mm-hmm. yeah and i love idaho uh which is truly unfortunate because i guess it was the single most moved to state in the union last year i, yeah. I believe that and, from california and well, Seattle. Like, in the neighborhood we live in we, we both bought houses in the same subdivision we're like the only people here that are from Idaho. Yeah. Everybody's you from ready? out of state. Oh yeah, man. It's and I mean I don't know how many houses are in here. It's a There's big, a lot. We, big fucking yeah. subdivision. And every time someone moves in, it's California plates, Washington plates, yeah. fucking Arizona plates. I mean, Colorado all over the place except for from here. Yeah. Well it's crazy because they all want to move there because they want the freedom of the red state. Mm-hmm. 
Like and they want to bring their blue state bullshit. There, exactly. Right? It's like, yeah, you know, I've I met a few of my neighbors, and they all seem like they were wanting to get away from a certain type of bullshit, and they want to keep it that way. And I like yeah. to, I like to think like everybody lives in here is that way. The, the coolest the coolest ones I meet from California are the retired cops. They're moving here right. because they're like, I'm fucking done with that bullshit, mm-hmm. and I want to. Yeah. And they're like minded. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are the coolest ones you meet in our neighborhood. And, you know? I mean, I'm not saying like there's some liberal values that are good too. But the, if you're fucking running from it, don't try to turn it into what you just left, man. It's, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. To yeah, I, I don't get it, man. Like, I, I mean, I was really hoping that Idaho would be one of those places that uh, that nobody would find out about. And I could just, like, keep it my secret, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to keep this my little secret up there. Yeah. Because uh, I've always felt, like, even though... I left Idaho 20 years ago, I guess, or I guess not 20, but close to. I've always been back. My dad and my family and everybody, I still have, you know, property that's been in my family for like 100 years there. Hmm. And it's always home. Like Idaho's home. When people ask me where I'm from, I'm from Idaho. It's yeah. my home, right? Yeah. I've always felt like I've been like, displaced i've never really i haven't been home even in utah i don't feel like i'm home uh-huh. idaho's home i lived in colorado and virginia and a few of these other places and it's like uh, i'm i'm from idaho i'm in idahoan i'm not i'm not from utah uh-huh. I'm, I'm a displaced idahoan right and it's unfortunate because i think everybody's discovered it now <laughs> and uh i'll just have to buy a bigger more remote piece of property out in the middle of like nowhere yeah. in Idaho and just get the fuck away. Cause I, my wife and I were looking at places in McCall and, uh, then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So we weren't in a big hurry, right? We were just like, Oh, something will come up and we're not in a big hurry. It seems overpriced right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, dumb. Dude, like, the, we were like dude. COVID hit. And it was just like the property values have like doubled. Oh, it's it's insane. In yeah. in this subdivision we live in, they were building another phase a little ways away in my same exact house. We just bought this house last January, so just over a year ago. Right. And it, it's everything in here is brand new. The same house, same floor plan they're building in the next phase was like hundred thousand dollars more a year later. Right. That's just dude fucking insane. The prime real estate here's where I'm gonna look as soon as I'm not like a fucking poor student is council. Cause my buddy, oh, yeah. my buddy's from council and um, they, all their families up there. And he's like, dude, this is where we got to go. We get, you know, 20 acres and then you and I subdivide it, you know, that way your neighbors, you know who they are, but council, you're 20 minutes from a call lands yeah. cheaper and it's fucking nice. Yeah, and we, you go hunting nice. right over there. Yeah. We've been looking at uh, property too. My brother-in-law, he moved down to Austin for work and he's talking about moving back and, he wants to kind of live away from Boise, and so we've been we've been looking at property. Like, man, if you get a nice little property, that we can come up there whenever we want, and we'll, we'll help you get it. So, yeah, we're, we looked yeah, at council even, too. I was even thinking like Idaho City, like up around there. Yeah, dude. Like, well, we nice we, up there. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. We were looking in. Uh, we were actually looking in Eastern Idaho, which I've I've never really spent any time in Eastern Idaho, but there's some beautiful country over there. Yeah, and what's yeah. cool, I guess, too, about you know doing the. Idaho City route is whenever you want to go to McCall, you just take the 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 logging route that goes from the top yeah. of McCall all the yeah. way through. Um, you know yeah. that T intersection that goes to the Horseshoe Bend, or you mm-hmm. go right, take that way, you go through uh, 
Uh, what is it, Banks? You can come out. Yeah, of yeah banks, you come out yeah. of Banks essentially. Yeah, like Garden City, and then Banks, and come out through there. Yeah, like right. I almost bought a place in Atlanta. Do you guys know where that's? Yeah. At? Oh yeah, I grew up hunting up in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, like that was last year. I was like, it was like dirt. It was dirt cheap. It was like a, like, you know, a thousand square feet. It was less than like a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, this would be sick. I'll have a place in Atlanta. And I was like, ah, it's a little bit too much. I don't want to do it right now. It's Atlanta. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy a property. You can't even find property yeah. in Atlanta now. Dude, like, there's yeah. no property available, but it's right there next to the Sawtooth. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can, like, get up into the mountains in no time out of there. Like, yeah, yeah, no that's, that's beautiful be, like, country out there. And fucking around. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, that's where I grew up. We'd go up towards Atlanta hunting every year, and I love it up there. I I could live up there. Yeah, I love Atlanta. Like yeah. that place is fucking epic. Hell yeah, we we'd go Anywhere like I can go where there's like two dirt roads and there's a river running through the town. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, like we just go over to the you know the old airport up in Atlanta and yeah, go, yeah. Go, go shooting all day on the old airport strip. Yeah. And, oh seriously? Oh yeah, yeah. We we did that all the time, and because I mean, I mean a lot of people, especially people who live up there, they all shoot up there because yeah. long distance and yeah. you got a good background. And yeah, seriously, it's a it's a cool spot, but. Yeah, but dude, if you ever do a brick and mortar store in Boise, I will put my physics degree to good use and be a barista. There you go, dude. Take my shirt off and everything. Oh yeah. If you if you well, need, that, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. The, like he, uh, you know, pull, pulling shots with your physics degree. I mean, I'm sure that's a it's an incredible waste of a of, or it's an incredible. Uh, asset for us to just make sure that we're really optimizing all of the 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 weight to coffee ratios <laughs> exactly I mean? and honestly to be honest like i i'm obsessed with astrophysics but as a hobby i don't want to really ruin it by working in the field like i don't want to be an aeronautical engineer that's kind of cool right. but really it's i don't know it's not really i'm honestly doing it because i have a gi bill and <clears throat> i want my kids to see that oh dad did something in case i never mm-hmm. do anything else with my life <laughs> if i just fucking die tomorrow like, yeah. oh, at least you got a degree, so they'll aspire to that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't yeah. mean I need to go in that field. So if I need to be a barista to fucking yeah, that's spread my butt apart for people, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, whatever. I don't know what kind of coffee shop you're talking about. But, uh, he's, he's just that, adding a little spice to the black rifle. Yeah, I was a barista as, under the name of Mike Honcho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know how well that concept's going to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> that might be lawsuit. Yeah, that would be sick as shit though if you went if we went to if you did one of those bikini baristas but you're in a bikini <laughs> like, just just wear your you're in the bikini when they show up so like yeah. some dudes are showing up like hey what's up man like turning around like yeah, that. just in like just like ranger panties and that's it maybe some shoes <laughs> there, there's the next black rifle pr nightmare right there dude man now that's called a that's called a good video. That's yeah. a PR night. It is. That's called just a good time. Dude, like in some like uh, black rifle ranger panties and just like rolling up and like got like some uh like those uh, uh Oakleys on and just some shoes. Yeah. Just that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. Just with with a bikini top. Yes. Yes. A of really course. in a really shitty wig. Like <laughs> just be uh-huh. like, hey, what's up? What, what do you want? What can I get you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have some have some guys straight off the construction site thinking they're going to the bikini barista <laughs> Dude, shop and like yeah. turn around. Hey, <laughs> what can I get you? 
They're from that, the back, they're like, man, she's got some really broad shoulders. She's thick ass yeah. legs, dude. She's thick. That chick CrossFit. Yeah, she does CrossFit, dude. Yeah. Right. I do honestly look like a really hot, like, CrossFit girl anyway from behind, so. You got the big ass. Got the big, big thighs. Big old legs, just like, ugh. <clears throat> I could see that. I could. I mean, I could. I could see how you're like. You, you could. You could work it. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. It's not gay. I'm not like kissing anybody. You know. Well, that's fine. Even if you are. And if, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. Honestly. No. It's just. Right. I mean, yeah. You do you, man. You, know, it's, it's, you do you. Uh, Live your best life. Yeah. Exactly. Right, guys, thank you so much. All right, much. dude. We, we appreciate you coming on, man. And I'll. Uh... Yeah, DM me. DM me with your addresses too. I'll send you some copy shit so you're not huh? making it. Badass. Coffee. Cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk to you. All right. See you guys. All right, later.